Welcome to The Prosper Project, the show that helps entrepreneurs build brands that impact the world and the bottom line. We know that success doesn't come in a one-size-fits-all package. That's why we're bringing you adaptable marketing strategies along with valuable insights from inspiring changemakers, firebrands, and visionaries. I'm Lorraine Sugart, founder of the disruptive brand agency, Prosper for Purpose. Now for this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Prosper Project. This week, we're continuing last week's conversation about thought leadership. So last week, we began by defining a thought leader as an individual or an organization whose products, clients, partners, and even competitors recognize them as a leading go-to authority in their field. Why you want to be a thought leader is because when you are that go-to authority, your business propels forward. You are viewed as someone with valuable experience and knowledge in your subject area, and people flock to you desiring to work and learn more from you. But becoming a thought leader requires more than just being an expert. There are many experts in the world, and though their knowledge may be profound, they often can't scale up their business because they aren't being recognized. If you wish to become a thought leader, you need to build intellectual influence by practicing innovative thinking to develop a unique perspective about how to fill a gap in your area of expertise. And you must authentically believe in your philosophy and be able to back it up with credibility and expertise. Then you can disrupt your market and establish yourself as a thought leader in your field. So, Today, we're going to outline the steps you can take at different stages of your business to help you become a recognized authority. Business can be categorized into four phases, typically the startup phase, your growth or scale phase, and then that business maturity phase, and then kind of the decline or the reinvention or selling phase. There are different ways to leverage thought leadership throughout each of these phases. And today we're going to discuss what you should be doing during the first three. The key is to put yourself in the right place at the right time. So if you're in the startup phase, the first thing you need to do is get intentional about your online presence. The startup phase is about cultivating your first relationships. And growing an online network is the fastest way to gain new connections. But what does getting intentional look like? First of all, you have to decide where you want to establish an online presence. What are the best platforms on which you can promote your business? For some of you, it is automatically Facebook. For others, it's LinkedIn. Twitter's making a huge kind of leap right now. It's been very interesting to watch the activity over there. You need to know where your prospects are. Then your task is to maintain an active presence on each of the platforms you choose. That's why we usually start with your top two platforms or even your top one if it's LinkedIn and you're targeting businesses or if you're targeting businesses who 
your clients would be people in the C-suite or founders or that high level of people that aren't going to be hiring based off Facebook or Instagram because it's a major investment. If you're selling products, you're going to probably be on Pinterest and Instagram. So just take a moment and think about it. And it's better to be consistent on fewer platforms than it is to try to do everything. And maintaining an active presence on social media isn't as straightforward as simply posting content because you need to grow your engagement as well. So you always want to be intentional about what you're posting. Ask yourself, what type of audience will this post attract and what message does it send about my business? You don't need to write detailed content every day. For example, you can create a graphic of one of your favorite quotes and add a few sentences of copy that explains what the quote means to you in your business. You don't want to do that all the time, but it's kind of a great filler thing. And it's something that people love quotes and it increases engagement. And maybe they'll want to follow you and come back and see your deeper content. You want to be intentional and consistent about where, when, and how you post. Also promote your accreditations, important affiliations, And those points of differentiation that we talked about in last week's episode. Anything that lands credibility to what you do. Sharing these things will build trust with your audience. And that trust is crucial to your success. As your engagement grows, your connections will also increase. And with more connections comes more opportunity. And then remember that your online presence isn't just about social media. For example, you could also choose to start a blog. If you decide to create a blog during the startup phase of your business, you should be certain that you can set enough time aside to add entries on a consistent basis. If you don't decide to begin a blog during the startup phase, the growth phase is when most businesses should do this. You can choose to create a written blog, a video blog, also known as a blog, or both. You can actually do things like do a video that you upload to YouTube and then take out the audio and you can have that transcribed at a resource like rev.com and use that to form the basis of your blog. You'll still have to do some work because we don't speak like we write and we don't write like we speak. I've tried this and there's some editing that goes on, but you can do it. And it certainly saves time over generating unique content for every platform because your people aren't on every platform. They're not going to see, oh, she did this on YouTube and now there's a blog there. Different people like to consume content differently. If you're a better speaker than you are a writer, then go with that video. If you like to start with the writing, then you can always start there and then turn that into a video. Ultimately, video should be a part of your strategy no matter what, but you don't need to use them specifically for your blog. Once you've established your business and are beginning to attract clients, how do you continue that momentum through thought leadership? During the startup and growth phases, you can write case studies. The point of a case study is to write about the positive transformations your top clients have undergone on account of working with your business. Then you can publish these case studies on your website and share links to them on social media. 
Note, you'll always want to ask for permission before referring to any individual by their full name, but barring a non-disclosure agreement, you can feel free to use business names and first names when referencing the work that you did together. The next step you should take during the growth phase of your business is to be a guest on podcasts. You can search for shows that discuss specific topics within your field, or you can be a guest on podcasts that aren't strictly about your area of expertise, but appeal to an audience that's similar to the one your business aims to reach. Think creatively about how you want to present yourself on these shows, but keep in mind that the goal is to grow your visibility and ensure your business always has clients in the pipeline. So something else you should consider while you're in the growth phase is contributing to other people's blogs. You can be a guest for a blog interview, or you can do a blog exchange in which you and another blogger appear as guest writers on one another's blogs. Now, not everyone does this. At Prosper, we typically do not do this. We write all our own blogs. So again, explore these opportunities. Look for people who are speaking to your target audiences, but not competing with you. For example, they offer different services or products, but work in a same or related industry that serves the same kind of clients. So I mentioned that last week, maybe you offer a business blueprint for starting your business and you have referral partners who are virtual assistants, marketers, accountants, whatever. My caveat here in regard to both podcasts and blogs is to pinpoint people who are either at the same stage as you we're slightly ahead of you on your entrepreneurial journey. Don't make it a habit to overreach because getting turned down will wear on you over time. Instead, start gathering some wins to boost your confidence level. You could also apply to be a contributing writer for a publication. You may not receive compensation, but your payment is the exposure you receive. Another great way to gain exposure during the growth phase is to publish a book. Now, there's a lot of credibility that can be gained thanks to book publishing, even if you self-publish. Yes, there are quite a few self-published books available that are poorly written, fall apart, and have lackluster covers. And this has, in some circles, left self-publishing with a bad reputation. That said, there are also many well-written self-published books that were written by people who are now viewed as respected authors. Alternatively, you can look for a hybrid solution, but if you know that you're a good writer and you're willing to put in the time and effort required to write and thoroughly edit your story, then don't be afraid to self-publish. Go back to episode two if you're interested in a hybrid approach and listen to my interview with Haley Page. She runs a hybrid publishing agency. Gaining media coverage is also vital for achieving success. So if you have the opportunity to be on any local or regional television or radio shows, do it. Once you reach the growth phase, you will also have the opportunity to speak at regional and national events. When you're in the startup phase, you might have the chance to speak locally, but once you get to the growth phase, you'll gain opportunities to reach larger audiences. You can also begin applying for awards and other recognitions. Now, if you feel imposter syndrome when doing this, keep in mind that the reality is that being up for an award exposes you to new audiences. And if you do win, you can rest assured that your hard work really did deserve the payoff. And then just use your website and bio to promote the accolades you've received. You can do it with humility, but you don't want people to have to 
go to work to figure out why you're a leader in your field. You want to make it easy for them because your goal ultimately is to create new impact. So finally, when you reach the business maturity phase, the time has come to be increasingly selective. So as a reminder, you should already be creating a robust social media presence, promoting your accreditations, affiliations, and points of differentiation, publishing a high quality blog, writing case studies, speaking on podcasts, contributing to other people's blogs, writing for publications, publishing a book, gaining media coverage, speaking at events, and applying for awards. As you take these actions toward thought leadership during the startup and growth phases of your business, you will notice your business ascending and getting closer to that maturity phase. So every step of the way, remember to vet your opportunities to ensure they're at the right opportunities for you. And once you reach the business maturity phase, you'll want to begin implementing many of these actions again, except doing so at a higher level. What does it look like when business moves into maturity? By the time your business hits maturity, setbacks will still occur. But they'll tend to have a much smaller impact because you've learned how to manage the challenges that arise. Therefore, many people who own businesses in the maturity phase will focus on building the thought leadership of their team, making their team members the new celebrities of the business. The owner may even begin to take a step back so they can become a thought leader of a different kind, one who can take credit for mentoring the people at the company so they can grow to be thought leaders themselves. This also frees up the business owner so that they only need to speak at high-status events and for highly-ranked media outlets and publications that will compensate them for their time. So this is an example of how doing good helps you do well, and it's that mutual value exchange. So I hope that you got a lot of gold nuggets from this episode and last week's episode on building your thought leadership. If so, drop me a message. Let me know how you're enjoying the podcast or better yet, go to your favorite podcast provider and leave us a review. We really appreciate those. And I'm going to be reading some of those on the air soon. So to get yours read, go and leave us a review. Let us know what you think or drop me a line directly at the connect at prosperforpurpose.com. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful week and keep on prospering. At Prosper for Purpose, we have a team of strategists and storytellers who are experienced marketers, accredited PR counselors, and published writers with an average of 16 years of experience. To find out what we can do for you, email connect at prosperforpurpose.com and put free consult in the subject line. Someone from our team will respond within 24 hours.